Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated once you have ah, touched somebody very important to you. Amen. Everyone you touched, everyone you were smiling is key to your life. They're very important to you. And the Lord set up his plan, his beautiful love story to include everyone that's in our path as being really from his lens. If we think like he thinks, we're more concerned about their needs than our own. This is the mind of Christ. Anybody understand what comes with that mind? The very thing that we all need is fulfillment. If you're not happy, if things are not going your way, and the influence of our culture and world around you has more of an influence on you, and you're just kind of like you're tossing and turning, trying to figure out how to make, uh, you know, the ends meet in our world, and to be happy, you won't find it until you begin to follow Jesus the right way. And so at the end of this message today, you're going to want to, to get with Sean and Sue Cleary and Lisa Wellman. Sean, wave your hand. Where's Lisa at? Is she in here? Well, she can holler if she's in here. And then Sue, are you in here, Sue? All right, so Sean's in here. Y'all just run him over. Sign up for what we're going to do through the summer. Talk about vision, why we do what we do in, in our community, what God has commissioned us, amen, to embrace and to 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 run with. Amen. Say the vision over and over. Write it down. Catch it. That they may run. Amen. I want to run the race that my Lord has given me. And so we talk about what the Lord likes talking about. Amen. And what he's in love with. And that's people. The harvest is white. Amen. And today's lesson and message and Unction comes out of us understanding that living is in meeting. Living is in meeting. Amen. And I want to live. I want to enjoy the rest of my days on this earth. Amen. Serving in a capacity where every day I'm fulfilled because, amen, I was about my father's business. Amen. Now, I've been about some business that isn't necessarily my father's business, and I was a churchgoer while I was doing that. But when I found out going to church doesn't make the difference in my life, but rather being the church or being a member of the body of Christ, I gave to him access to my life so that from my life, from my heartbeat, amen, that he gives me, He's able to serve as the king of kings from his house and be a blessing to those in the path that he's placed in my path. Amen. And I, I'm being upfront and honest with you and transparent. I probably had more problems with the people in the path that he's given me to walk than I've had with people, amen, that I've enjoyed being around. Is that their fault? No. It's evidence that I need more of Jesus in my life. And by the end of the thought that I'm to give you today, you're going to know that I want to be more effective 
following and, did, and, and allowing our Father to have more charge of my life. So I need what He's invested in you. Why do I need that? Because what you have in Him rescues me from me. And if I'm serving correctly and my heartbeat is our Father's heartbeat, then what I have that He's invested in me becomes very important to you because it rescues you. Amen? From the areas in your life you need to be rescued. We need Jesus. And the way we qualify that is to become understanding that we need one another. You're important to Jesus which makes you very, and I mean very, important to me. Amen? Amen. So, that being said, I, I want to talk to you today about some, some keys, very important keys, that will help us understand that there's some disconnections in our world that if we get these keys in place, these steps in place, and I, I'm not... I'm not Focused on a formula? Are you being able to figure out how to do this? No. It's a walk by faith, a walk led by the Spirit as we walk in the Spirit. So, but still in all, there's some, there's some things God's asking us to do, amen, that gives our heart to Him so He becomes the platform for the miracle. Amen. The miracle is in meeting. Living is in meeting. Amen. And so we've been talking about for the last four weeks, facing our fears, amen, we do that by following him, and when we follow Jesus, he teaches us that he's with us and that we're not stuck, and when we find out he's with us and we're not stuck, well, then we hang out with him better. I mean, we, we can get a little closer to him, so that at that point, once I know he's with me and I'm not stuck, he can help me address my fears. He can help me step into the chaos that's in my path and live up to the identity he's given me. I'm able now to address the warring within. Anybody war within? Amen. And the reason we war within is because there's something that we want that we can't have. Anybody ever war? I mean, Pastor, be careful now. Don't, don't pick on me. I'm encouraging you right now because I know me. And through the week, I find, oh, oh, I'm warring here right now. Oh, that's good to know. Why am I warring right now? And then I call them red lights for me. I mean, I, you, you, you'll find out what your, you know, check mark is or what your signal is or your flag is. And you'll be become more sensitive to the fact that you want to give him more room and more liberty to take over in your life. And so you pause long enough to address them. For me, sit at the red light and get over it because another red light's coming. If, and, and, and it's not nobody's fault, which, you know, to me, <laughs> to me, if the red lights are on the main drag at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's the city manager's fault. He's not managing the city right. Well, he's the enemy now. Well, how did... Look, ladies and gentlemen, if the enemy was beat 2,000 years ago, how is it that we have an enemy? Christianity, we need to address this. If the enemy was defeated 2,000 years ago, and you and I was given by way of promise 
authority, dominion, and power, how is it that you have an enemy? Oh, all of a sudden now we, we know that there's that thought process. You know, thoughts are a product of either, either coming from Jesus or coming from some other, other place. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm hearing voices. Where'd you get that thought from? Well, we can, we can call Aunt Susie or Uncle Joe or whoever the devil if you want to. That's, but they're not. They're not the enemy. When we pay attention and we listen to thought processes and conversations that are not out of heaven, we're in opposition to the original information that God intended for Adam to carry. Let that, let that get on. It's called the truth that came 2,000 years ago in bodily form so that we can know him, connect with him, experience him, and be set free. Jesus came to take you back to the original way of thinking and hearing and speaking. And if we adopt the fact that he's the source and we come to the resolve that I'm not going to pay attention to, to any more voices. Now, you can't do that without his help. But with him, it's possible. Without him, it's not possible. And I'm saying this today because it's important that we understand there's disconnection in our lives that the Lord has given us, you know, enough intuition and uh, authority and dominion to make a choice about. And I just want to bring quickly to our attention some of these disconnections and what they look like. Number one, one view that we hold often that keeps us disconnected with others is that when I attempt to commit to mission, I'm not, not connected, I'm disconnected from what's real and what's true I embrace that I, this idea that I'm going to go out and reach people because they can't wait to meet me. And when I, when, I, when I meet them, I'm going to tell them about how wrong they are. And then after they find out how wrong they are, I'm going to tell them how right I've always been. Then I'm going to get them to commit to me mentoring them Amen. So that I can continue to abuse them on the fact that they're wrong. Y'all paying attention? That's one form and one view of disconnect because God's not, he's not, God's not trying to get anybody to join his team. It's not about we need to defeat this team so this team can learn that we're the number one. We got the championship trophy. That's one view. Then there's another view Amen. When we're on mission, but there's no real connection, it includes the idea that I can't win or maybe I can't lose. You know, like a third world country hadn't got no hope against the United States of America. There are times when soldiers that are in the heat of battles, they come to this painful realization that they're going to lose and they, they have this idea that I'm dying before the cause. And that's in Christianity as well. They come into a defeat and destructive kind of mindset. 
How does this idea of mission with no connection happen, taking hope from life from us? I mean, it, it, is the opposing side so different that we cannot connect and embrace one another in this present world? Is the person in my path that God has placed there, obviously, because they're breathing? Amen. Everybody thought, well, they're breathing, but that's the devil. No, they, they are breathing and they are existing because mercy was made new and fresh that morning. But mainly not for them, even though it was, first and foremost for me, so that I would find out something about myself that I didn't know. And they have a part of eternal life in their life that's going to rescue me from me. Well, Pastor, I think you're missing it because here you are, your pastor. It's obvious the Lord loves you. His presence is with you. So that wouldn't be the case for you. Oh, really? Let me give you a, a quick story. Amen. And it includes an Old Testament illustration of two spies and a prostitute. Has anybody ever heard of Jericho and the walls came falling down? And some of you that hadn't read the Bible, you've not read that story. You may not even know what I'm talking about. But in our Christian movement, it's more about the walls coming down and Israel winning victory and destroying the enemy. If you read without the Spirit, that's all you get out of that passage. It's that they went in, they took their promise, that land belongs to them because God promised to Abraham. And Jericho deserved everything that happened to him. Now, keep in mind, judgment happens in this earth not because God is the judge. He's the judge. But judgment and bad things happen in this world because humanity didn't choose life. Humanity, when, when, when self-will is my trigger and I'm, it's about me, guess what I'm going to produce? Iniquity. I can't produce righteousness. The only way righteousness can be produced in my life is through Jesus Christ. This is important for all of us. To be in right standing with Jesus, he must be the source. It's not possible for me to ever achieve right standing. I can I've been given by mercy of heaven an opportunity to make a choice. And that's the only thing that I have, amen, that if I'll use it correctly, makes me powerful, helps me step into my identity and experience fulfillment. Because now... Anything's possible. How is that? Because I'm with him. Without him means I use self as my source. And that's a lie too, because you can't use yourself as the source unless you've been manipulated to believing that's possible. So the enemy has no power, but the power we give him. Everybody agree. And Richie Allen clarified that beautifully from his lens yesterday. I mean, it, when, when Jesus came, he came to restore power, authority, and dominion in our life. So when you're baptized with the Spirit and fire, amen, you've been given back identity, authority, and power. And now you can be a witness. Oh, now, now you can be like your daddy. Because now he's in you, 
and you're walking in spirit, and you're demonstrating the kingdom. That's the witness. That's the glory that God is after, is that I've taken on my true identity, which is Christ. It's powerful. It's wonderful. But the enemy knows that if he can convince me to think that I'm intelligent, then I might believe that my intelligence will see me through and that I'll be able to stay married and I keep a, a decent bank account. You might do that, but you're not going to be real happy. If you depend on your intelligence, it's not going to work out good for you. Amen. You won't sleep well all the time and you'll deal with all kinds of challenges in the process. So the only way the enemy can work in my life and create fear and, and, and me see it as something that's working against me, and I don't know if I can make it, chaos, where I need a formula, and I need things need to be predictable. Anybody need predict, predictability in your life? In your true identity in the kingdom of God, it's not predictable. If it was, you wouldn't have any faith. Faith is not something that you can ever understand. Amen? Worship is trusting what you can't figure out. You can't predict it. There's no formula to it. But in your identity, the enemy's goal is to bring it about so that it looks like something that's chaotic, out of order, but he's wanting you to think you need this level of order through intelligence. So I'm, I'm sp I spent more time than I wanted to on that reality, but we've got to catch this, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm never going to live up to my true identity unless I understand that people are in the mix first and foremost. The fields are white under harvest, and he's asking, where are my labors? And pastor, you said that in a way that made me condemn. No, no, it should bring conviction because if I want to sleep well at night and I want fulfillment, you're going to find out here in the next few moments your key to my rescue. You. You're the key. And the person you're sitting next to is the key to your rescue. Amen? And God deemed it that way. So if Jesus is so into people, and he's in love with people, and Jesus is saying to you and I before we become one with him like sons that are anointed, we do the will of God, we follow him like sheep to learn that he's with us and we can't get stuck we're not stuck when we're following him. That he's with, we can face all the challenges and all the lies until we become postured in him that we receive the original information. Amen. The truth that makes us free out of experience. You cannot have this truth through intelligence. You cannot have the capital T, R-U-A-T-H, truth without experience. Somehow get that today. Your intelligence will never bring you to truth. Intelligence will give you some facts, and those facts may conclude that you have cancer or that you're healthy, but God has a truth a man that supersedes the facts. And if you ever step into the truth, a man, you're in the spirit of truth. Now you're in true identity. A man, you're one with him. Anybody want to be one with Jesus? And so there's a level of experience that you've had with him because you're special to him. 
Y'all got to catch this. You're special to him. And if you follow the line of Jericho, everybody that was even destroyed in that battle, they were precious to him. Humanity, we're doing things to ourselves and we're blaming God for it. Amen? Every person is precious to him. And he's purchased every person in the earth with his own blood. And so Joshua sends out two spies to do reconnaissance on that region where Jericho is located at. And they go do reconnaissance, and they wind up in the apartment of a prostitute. I want to read that to you because that would be very, very important. Amen. They wind up in the apartment of a prostitute, Joshua 2 and 1. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Now keep in mind, they hadn't been found out yet. They're doing reconnaissance and they're going to a prostitute's house. And they stay with her that night. There's some insinuations here that's not necessarily good. Pause for effect. These are two Israelites that are supposed to be on the Lord's side, right? But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land and do some interesting spying. So the king of Jericho sent out orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come to your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here but earlier, but I didn't know they, who they were or where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had, been, she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. Amen. So, how can I know how that I can truly follow Jesus? Has anybody had baggage since the Lord found you? Anybody had some extra baggage? Pa- Pastor, don't be getting into our Kool-Aid like this. And you want to get over the challenges that you obviously may have in your life. Maybe it's, can I just wait off in the Kool-Aid just a little bit? Oh, boy, get silent at New Life Fellowship. Is he going to call me out? No, I'm not calling nobody. I'm calling the devil out, okay? I'm calling the devil out. He, he don't have the right that he's trying to take in our lives when we're, when we're involved in sowing discord, gossip, you know, uh, uh, lust, pride. I mean, the list goes on. Drunkenness. <sighs> the enemy don't have the right to do that. And God don't see you that way. When, when, you're, when you're involved in something that brings division and pain, he don't look at you from the lens of that's your identity. No. He takes advantage of the circumstance that's ugly now as an opportunity for you to call out on him so he can pull you out of it and show you who he is and then allow you the opportunity by way of experiencing his grace and mercy to extend that same grace and mercy to someone else. 
And I've seen people that have got a hold of this and experienced it, that they, they're a blessing to gossipers. They're a blessing to those that sow discord and, and cause strife. And, and, and they become a blessing to the drunkard that wants to get set free from his chemical dependency. But you, you had to go through some stuff in life so that you could be more aware of the pain that the people have in the path that God has placed you on. It's the race he designed you to run. Amen. Don't run from the ones where you know their pain. You understand where I can't hang out with them. I'll be a drunkard again. Well, the reason you will turn into a drunkard again is you hadn't experienced the one that releases you from it. Is, is this helping anybody? You, you, you know, I can't hang around that man. Cause if I hang around that, I'm going to get pulled back into it. Not if you're walking with Jesus, you have dominion and authority and power. And by way of experience, you have something greater than that experience. And Christians that are falling back into the, 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 the stuff that they, they were involved in is because they haven't experienced the promise of Jesus. Is this trapping someone? And so we, we have Rahab and the sp two spies. So in Matthew 7, this is what Jesus said if we're going to follow him. Because Jesus is talking about... Amen. Some things as the followers. I wonder what Jesus talks about when we're following him. You ever thought about that? <laughs> well, I hear the voice of God. Well, what's he saying? You notice that everything that when I hear him speak, it's always talking about other people. How much he loves them. And how he wants me to embrace them and love them. And if I'll do that, it's because I love him. Well, I can't love him unless I first experience his, own, his love for me. And so there's no possible way that I can get around experiencing his love if you need to be loved. And if I'm going to be effective in my true identity, which is Christ, and I'm going to join with him on this rescue in your life, it's going to come out of love. Amen. Good news. Jesus says it this way in Matthew 7 and 12, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. This is the essence of all. So if I'm going to follow the one that's my shepherd as a sheep, because I haven't yet become one with him, and I want to be one. Anybody want to be one with him? And if you're not there yet, that's okay. Just hang out with him like a sheep. It's okay to be dumb. It's even okay... When you hear his voice and you run the other way, because he ain't going to leave the one. He's going after the one. I, boy, I love that about our daddy. He won't leave the one. He's after the one. Now, if he's after the one and I'm following him, what does that mean about me? Amen. I want to be like him, correct? So he says, you can't. You can't either enter God's kingdom only through the na narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for many who choose that way. Well, it's not a good life. The kingdom of hell is present. And lots of people that go to church are still experiencing that kingdom. They're not happy. They're down and out. They're frustrated. They're full of fear. Chaos is just beating them up. And they want to be a believer, but they don't know what to do with the stuff around them. Okay, that's the kingdom, and that's the evidence we're not on the straight, the narrow path. Amen? 
We are not following him. So he says, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only few that ever find it. When we get so focused on being a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what will happen? We're not trying to get the other person to be like we are. Amen? To look like me, to act like me, to talk like me, but rather to be like our Father. And so all of a sudden, it's not about, you know, the produce war we saw. The produce war. The, The apple didn't want the banana to look like the banana, so the apple cut the banana up to look like the apple. Produce war. Kind of like a Christian war. Amen. We, we only want apples. We don't want no lemons. Lemons can't come. But if you ever get a lemon and an apple together, come on, chefs, and you know what to do with a lemon and apple, by themselves, they're pretty cool. But if you ever get them together right, wow begins to happen. It's like, you know, one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000. Is that what Jesus is asking when he comes to earth? He said, by myself, I'm pretty powerful. I can do a lot of stuff. But with you, greater works are about to take place. More people are going to be impacted because you decided, amen, to become one with me even as I am one with my Father. Somebody's going to catch this in a minute. Life and living is in meeting. The miracle is in being connected. And if I'm going to be a follower of him, Jesus is saying things like, "Uh, uh, uh, as you follow me, I want you to love them as I love you. That's what he's telling the sheep. I'm freaking out, boy. (laughs) They're my enemy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the Lord says, no, I'm with you. You're not stuck. You can handle this. And I'm I'm talking to several today because this is so on point. You want to be a witness. You want to be a part of the kingdom of God manifesting and taking over in the earth. You want to do that. But, man, I got to deal with people. And the enemy's so convincing that, look, that's not my calling. (laughs) No, it's everybody's calling. And we're looking for a position. Forget the calling. Give me a position to where I can just sweep the floors, clean the bathrooms, and stay out of dodge for people. Thank you, Jesus. Don't work that way. Every one of us, every one of us, well, I know somebody that don't have these fears, and they, boy, they can sell ice and Eskimo. Well, no, they have fears too. And they have issues too. And they have a preference and opinions too. Jesus is talking about the people in our path as we follow him. And he'll spend enough time with me and you individually to inspire us in such a way through experience that we catch his heartbeat. And then we begin to love them if we've been loved. And he will help us address the fears that we have with people until we find out they're really not our enemy. Regardless of what went on in the apartment the night before with the two spies and the harlot, they meet on a new level. And she finds out, oh, you're them. And she lets them know. And I'm going to paraphrase. She lets them know. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing 
that you and I must, this is a key step, is that we must choose to follow life. It's our decision, our choice to follow life. The first thing. And when we follow life, life will lead us, amen, to our next step here in a moment that we're going to talk about. And that's meeting, choose to meet. So they find out, oh, my goodness, you're them. And they find out she's not really who we thought she was, that she's an individual. And we like her, and we don't want her to die. But they ask their enemy for help. They're on a reconnaissance charge from Joshua, and they get found out. And it might, <laughs> this is why I love the Lord. He'll work with our baggage. Probably the reason they got found out because they wasn't focused on reconnaissance. Anybody been about your father's business got sidetracked? And consequences. But, you know, the Lord's okay with us being sidetracked because it's nobody's going to work out something good. And they meet. And they realize we're really not who we think we are in the, in the other's eyes. Oh, there's, there's some significance here. We like you. We don't want you to die. And she likes them, and she don't want them to die. And they rescue one another. Isn't that interesting? How that the two Israelites needed their enemy to rescue them. And the way that that rescue happened, it wouldn't have happened no other way had they not met. Choose to meet. Choose to meet. Turn to the person next to you and ask them to invite you for lunch today. Or you invite them for lunch today. Ah, oh, Pastor, be careful now. I know you spouses are, will you take me to lunch today? Find someone, married couples, that you can connect with. Take them out for lunch because God's ready to rescue you. This is so important today that we catch this. And so in their coming together, they reveal their expectations to one another. In their meeting, they see their vulnerability. In them being together, Rahab sees, oh, these are the people that uh, are annihilating everybody in their path. But you're in trouble right now, ain't you? And she becomes the source of their rescue and their salvation. And so when that happens, this is what I like about it. Rahab says, okay, when you come to take this city, are you going to rescue me? And they let her know, if you will take the same red rope or scarlet rope that you let us down by, you'll take the same rope and let it hang out the, hang out the window. Because that, their ex, that word expectation means cord. When we see your expectation, when we see that cord, that's going to tell us to come rescue you. 
If we don't see that, you will die. This is so important for us to catch today because we're on a journey in this world right now. And the way we're going to get to the next place that God has for us is going to be because we chose to meet. We chose to connect with who we thought our enemy was. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that today because several of us here today are challenged with relationships and people. And you know you need to be connected. You know it. You know you should be a part of a small group and that you should be meeting regularly. They of understanding. Come on, this is in your book called the Bible. They of understanding talk often one to the other. They shall know their God and do great exploits. Connection. Meeting is the key to the miracle. Amen? And so, <laughs> when, when it's time for the, 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 the siege on Jer Jericho, we find here that uh, in Joshua chapter, I think it's chapter 2, Amen. Joshua chapter 6. This is what it says here. So Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute and her relatives who were with her in the house because she had hidden the spies Joshua sent to Jericho. And notice this. And she lives among the Israelites unto this day. All right. Now when you read that story of Jericho, the first thing you think of is the enemies defeated God's glorified, and the children of God get the promise. Isn't that what it looks like? But if you reread it, and you read it from the lens of the Spirit speaking to you, you find that God is on a mission for two spies and a harlot to meet. When God planned that meeting? Look, how many of us have prayed prayers that nobody know we prayed? And we said, Lord, I'm in a situation right now, and I need you to intervene. And if you're a real God, I need you to help me and my family. Anybody pray that kind of prayer before? Nobody know you prayed it, prayed it. Can you imagine the prayers that Rahab prayed because of her lifestyle, that lowly lifestyle? She's not fulfilled. She's, her, the affirmation she's getting from humanity, from men. Well, well, how long does that affirmation last? That's not eternal. And so it's not really working out for her. And she needs help. And she's crying out to God. And God hears her prayer. I'm pretty convinced of that. We have not because we ask not. If that's a true principle in the scripture, you can be sure Rahab said, God, if you're real, I need help. And since God builds his kingdom on his principles and precepts, because she asked, it was a setup. And it's telling us, the love of God and how God's love will go through whatever circumstance, whatever situation. You can be in a city that God himself, a man said there's a curse upon it because y'all just haven't made good choices. You brought the curse on yourself. She's right in the middle of that. God can go right there and reach him. Because it says that when they saved Rahab, and notice Rahab just don't say, she don't even only get saved. She gets her whole family to come. And lets her whole family know, look, you want to be saved? You want to be in my apartment when this happens. 
And when they pulled Rahab out, they pulled her family out, and Rahab became in the lineage of Messiah. Are y'all tracking with me? That what her a prostitute was not her identity. God saves her out of an old identity that wasn't hers, that was given her to her through a lie that she believed, and she stepped into her true identity and stepped right into the lineage of the Messiah. Does, does anyone find out you got hope here today? And so when we choose, number one, to choose a life of following, and then we choose, amen, to meet with others, You've moved heaven in such a way, then you can step into that next very important point and show your hope. Pastor, what are you talking about? Show my same way Rahab showed her hope. Amen. She showed her hope in that, amen, I want you to rescue me. And if you don't have hope today, get it before you leave. Jesus says, if you call out on me, surely I will hear you and I will come. Amen. So how do we get connected? How do we, how do we do that? We, we choose to follow, we choose to meet with others, and we choose to show our hope. In Jeremiah 29, it says it this way. For I know the plans I have with you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, uh, to give you a future and a hope. If you look to me wholeheartedly, come on, let's quiet the noise down and the things going on around in our lives, you will find me. And I, will, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity, and I will restore to you your fortunes. All because we make a decision that we need the Lord, amen, to save us from our dilemma, to save us from our chaos, to save us from our fear. And the way God does that, he sends people into our lives. And those people come and they find out, huh, I'm not here just to save you. You're here to save me too. How is it that we come together I saw you as my enemy. You saw me as your enemy. But now we're seeing value in one another. And that we need each other if we're going to make it. Is it possible that everybody God's placed in your path has an ingredient, a level of authority, a level of rescue that you need? Is that possible that God's so into the details that everybody, oh, y'all, y'all, I know it's, I'm about to close here in the next few moments. I know it. I don't like it, but I feel the power of God moving in this place. You know, where's Stephen? Is Stephen in here? Son, you have rescued me. Y'all got to catch this one. Come up here, son. This boy right here called me, what, about three months ago. Got my number, called me. He said, can you come pick me up for church? Now, hold it now. God put him in my path. Now, Sunday mornings are pretty interesting for me. And I said, sure, son. I'm thinking, man, who's going to help me get this done? And the Lord spoke to me and said, ain't nobody going to help you get that done. 
you going to go get that done. And I had a list of a list of excuses on why I didn't, I can't, okay, you said I'm going to get it done, I'm going to get it done. And right now, if you was to ask me, can I go pick up Stephen for you on Sunday? You can't. He's rescued me. He made a difference in my life. He didn't know that. The Lord knew that. Because every time I picked him up, there's a presence of God that comes with it. I couldn't have any other way. I need Jesus. And he gave me a part of Jesus I didn't have. I'm saying this. You go sit down. I'm saying this to you. And by the way, I'm only using that illustration right now because I know it encourages you. But when we do anything to get people to say, man, you're a good guy, we just got our reward. Y'all got to catch this. I didn't say that to get you to agree, well, Pastor Love's a good preacher. He's a good guy. No. Because if that's, if that's what you think, I just got my reward. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something else. I'm not looking for someone to say, man, you did the right thing. You're a powerful man. No. I don't need that. What I need is rescue. And if people are always reminding me how powerful and how good I am, that put me in a bigger prison. I don't need more prison. I don't need more tossing and turning. I don't need wondering what I'm going to do next. I need to know that I know that I know. Ronnie, where you at? Where's Ronnie at? I know he's in here somewhere. Ronnie Nunn, where you at? Right there. Ronnie, thank you. Friday, thank you. He showed his vulnerability. He said, he comes on Friday to our creative team meeting. He said, and he just got real. He said, look, guys, y'all don't know this, but this is saving me. And he was saying, you're rescuing me. If you don't see me here, this is what Ronnie said. I'm telling you, I need you to come rescue me. I remember Mary Helen Sinclair. Mary Ellen Sinclair. Wow. She's sitting on a, in a pew in a church, and she's hearing a message that's telling her that work harder, be better, perform, and everything will be all right. Anybody ever heard that message before? And I'm not blaming it on preaching. I'm blaming it on the enemy. He's good at convincing us if we'll work hard, just by chance, we might get in by the skin of our chinny chin chin. Make it. Because I worked hard. And she's the message is also including, well, you know, 2,000 years ago, they were baptized in spirit and fire, and that was for them then. That's not for us today. That was just for, a, a, you know, a time. And so she's continuing. And, and finally, she begins to cry out to the Lord. Lord, I, I, I'm not fulfilled. I feel empty. I'm wore out. And I'm asking you to help me. I don't know what to do. And somehow, in God's own way, he puts her in my path. And she says, someone told me that, that uh, you understand this spirit baptism thing. 
and said, would you talk to me about that? Because I'm not getting a lot of responses because I'm hungry and I'm, and I'm hurting and I need to be rescued. And so I began to talk to her about it. And we met like four or five times and she'd come to my groups that I would talk to about it. And she, she came to one of the, the church services that we're having. It was just like a special time. And she started getting filled and you could hear her thanking the Lord for I mean she's saying it I'm being rescued being filled with the spirit what she does at that time is what God did in her life gave her the hope she needed and the anointing that she needed and she goes and she gets her whole family everybody is in her path and she don't stop with them. She gets it. You couldn't get in her path without her convincing you there's something better. And she understood the religious world and the Christian world that's being beat up over trying to serve and do and perform. And she knows how to pull them out of the ditch. And she's doing it because, ah, oh, there's been a meeting that happened. I thought they were my enemy. They thought I was their enemy, but we met and we found out we're perfect for one another. We're supposed to rescue each other. Do you need rescuing today? Is there someone you love that needs rescuing today? What's the fear that you're dealing with? Does your marriage need to be rescued? Does your children need to be rescued? Have you read book after book to come up with, you know, seven steps to be rescued? And whatever the challenge it is, and you found out that ain't working out well because you're just as tired or even more weary at the end of every effort you put in to win. The only way we win is get under the spout where the glory falls out. Yeah, that's okay. That, we, we, that needs to happen. That needs to happen in our community. It needs to happen in our world. I've had enough. Daddy, rescue me. And you've come today and we're finding out we need each other. And that you have something that rescues me and I have something that rescues you. But it's time to show our hope. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you have any hope, you can say to this mountain, that's what Jesus said, if you have any hope, you can say to this mountain, be removed time to show our hope and they reached out there and Joshua Joshua grabbed that cord and brought that family said, uh -uh, no, this cord represents something this whole family is going to get the benefit of showing their hope could we stand
Living is in meeting. Like I told you now, the vision of this house is what I just ministered to you today. But to get there, to get there, we must address the fears. We must be able to understand who we are in the chaos. We must address the warring within. Because I only war within because I want something I can't have. You cannot be in charge and dress the warring. You can't. If there's warring on the inside, you've got to relinquish charge to Jesus. And he's not there. He's, he's here. Right here. Anybody want to relinquish charge to him? The only charge and control I have in this is the choice I make. And I choose to follow life. I choose to meet with others. I choose to show my hope. My hope. You are my hope. I'm going to be a better man because of you. I'm going to grow and I'm going to realize more of God because of you. And the enemy's hoping we miss this and that somehow he's going to work a little overtime to try to steal, kill, and destroy the faith that's in this room right now. He's coming after it. You have to decide today. I'm showing my hope. I don't have an enemy no more. My rescuers are in this house right here. My rescuers are here. Father, thank you this word of hope totally delivered it different than what I thought I would but that's how you work daddy everything that was said everything that was needed to be said you're so in love with your people you do it your way you'll take an old country boy and get it through you to be glorified Lord for what you do how to rescue us as only you can Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the evidence that we can live and enjoy life on a new level moving forward. Thank you for rescuing us, Father, so that we can join with you on the rescues that's in our path. And everybody say amen. If you want to come and be rescued today the lord's ready to meet you up front right now guest you're here you can hang out with us a little bit or you you're welcome to be dismissed but we're going to spend some time and let the lord just minister to us okay god bless you that's our prayer y'all have a blessed day but let's worship a little bit spend some time with daddy today let's get rescued amen